And this is KEXU uh, 96.1 uh, FM. This is KEXU 96.1 FM. This is KEXU 96.1 FM. You're listening to Free Aslan. This is JV. And you're listening to Poll People's Revolutionary Radio, broadcasting out of East Oakland, Khalifa Aslan. And uh, and before I before I start, I wanna um, I have a good show today. Um, I'll be interviewing the Sanho Black Berets out of Sanho Khalifa Aslan, and um, they'll be coming on in a minute. But before I do that, I wanna make uh, a quick announcement from Aslan Press on uh, you know behind enemy lines, and you know we're all behind enemy lines. Uh, in these false U.S. borders, but um, those within the prisons, the prison plantations, and the concentration camps are particularly um, behind the enemy lines, and you know they're they're suffering deep repression. And um, you know, and right now, currently in the Santa Cruz County Jail, um, the prisoners are on hunger strike, and you know they're hunger striking over um, deplorable conditions. Uh, you know, they, um, they're in there, they're putting their health, their lives on the line, and, um, you know, they're demanding justice, and, you know, Santa Cruz County Jail is mostly raza populated, and so, you know, you know, our people are in there suffering, and, you know, as always, uh, they're gonna stand up and resist, uh, state repression, so, you know, anybody in the area, anybody who knows anybody in the Santa Cruz County uh, area um, is requested to um, get involved and help spread the news, the message uh, that the prisoners are uh, demanding justice and they're standing up uh, struggling against state repression. And, you know, um, what's happening in that county jail is happening in county jails around, um, you know, throughout these uh throughout the United Snakes, you know, and, um, you know, in county jails throughout the United Snakes, uh, prisoners are suffering repression, they're suffering, and, and you know, some are being murdered. Um, there's a lot of stuff, they're denied health care, uh, a lot of stuff, uh, they're dehumanized, and, you know, these are our people, these are our family members, and these are our neighbors, and people from our communities, they come from the same communities that we do, because uh, you don't find too many um, uh, multimillionaires or billionaires in these county jails, you know, they, they get bailed out, they get lawyers, and they don't go to jail, so the people that are in the jails are usually from our neighborhoods and our communities, so, you know, this is an attack uh, on our people, I've said it before, it's an attack on Aslan, and, you know, we need to find ways to resist, stand together, unite, and struggle against the oppression. So, you know, that's something that um, is very important. And, and as always, within the, um, within the prisons, um, within the prisons, they are, um, you know, um, still doing the gladiator fights and you know, they're still, um, you know, uh, getting prisoners, pitting prisoners against each other, and they're, you know, they're betting on it, they're doing a lot of things, um, as always, and they've been doing this for decades to our people, you know, and so the gladiator fights must end, they're putting our people in, in jeopardy, putting their lives in jeopardy, and we need to stop this, get involved with the families who are organizing around the, um, the gladiator fighting the gladiator fights and it's a very important battle and campaign that a lot of families are um, taking up so uh, so now I'm gonna get to my interview you know I have um, the 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 San Jose uh, Black Berets um, here and um, I just want to introduce them um, thank you all for being on uh, Free Aslan Yeah, you're you're kind of breaking up a little bit. It's it's kind of kind of hard to hear. Um, can you hear me? Uh, are are you there? We can hear you. Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay, so um, you know, thank you all and welcome to Free Aslan. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh yeah. Well, you know, um, you know, you guys are always welcome on Free Aslan, and this is uh, Liberated Airwaves, and you know, these airwaves are, are liberated, and this is a small piece of what liberation will sound like uh, once we are we are free. And you know, right now we're not free, so you know, you got one or two stations where you can speak your mind and you can learn real uncut news and struggles and so this is one of the spots but um you know and 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 so you know let me get straight to the um to the interview so um can you tell us a little bit about the san jose black brace founded in 1958 by Sal Camarilla and uh, social justice and community and all uh, and and as well as uh, there were how do you say it they they grassroots organization about helping Chicano Mexicanos to find their, their their indigenous their voice in the community um they, you know, that's that. That was then, but today we're more family orientated. We know we're about spirituality. You know, about taking care of our youth, te teaching our youth spirituality, and to and be leaders in our community and not followers. You know, because that's what we need out there. You know, there's a lot of leaders out there today that are not even doing their jobs right and leading our our youth to incarceration to death, you know, and, and as well as the addiction of drugs, you know, they're not teaching them their culture, they're not teaching them how to be leaders, you know, so, you know, there's a lot of leaders out there that have a, an ego out there, and that they need to look, let go of those egos and be a human being in, in the community, you know, because we're all equal, there's no such thing as I have power than you, more than you, because I was in the movement longer than you. No, we all have voices. We all should be equal in this movement. And that's what we, today we, we do as Sounds of the Black Berets to motivate our youth to stand up, you know, in a good way. Well, that's beautiful. And, um, you know, we need um, more youth leaders and, you know, um, because um, the elders are going to be passing on, and um, so it's very important that uh, the next generation uh, continues the struggle and continues uh, the fight for liberation. And you know, uh, you know, and and yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a horrible thing when you know you have organizations or individual leaders um, who um, you know individual leaders or um, organizations who um, are fighting for liberation but can't unite uh, and that's a sad thing you know it's it's a very sad thing because at the end of the day um, every um, Chicano organization Chicano Mexicano organization should um, have the goal of liberation and if they do have the goal of liberation then um, that should um, you know come before any kind of um, personal uh, you know, egos or uh, other uh, conflicting, um, you know, confrontations and stuff like that. But um, it's very important. Leadership is, is and, and like you said, there are a lot of our leaders, you know, a lot of people um, lead people down the wrong path. And so we need uh, leaders that lead them down the right path. So uh, that's very good. And, 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 um, and, and also I wanted to ask, um, uh, you know, Black Braze is a community organization. It's an organization, um, and, you know, some people, they um, may meet friends or meet family, and they may do different things in the community. They may be active in the community, but as individuals. And, uh, you know, I always um, I think that it's very important um, that, you know, you can't accomplish much as an individual. You have to have an organization. And you know you, you have to organize with others and organize the community. But I wanted to hear from you. Um, why are community organizations important to our gente? 
organizations that are here in the community now. You know, you have some organizations, right, are just out for themselves. And then you have organizations, right, that can uh, unite and come become as one. But the sounds like Black Rage ain't an organization. We're a movement. We're a family-orientated indigenous movement with spiritual strength and spiritual um, guidelines and stuff like that. So it's different, you know, when you say in the organizations, right? You're looking, um, to me, an organization is like uh, community solutions and stuff like that. You know, other organizations out there that are helping the community, but also at the same time aren't helping the community and they're pocketing all that funding, you know, financial uh, uh, finances that they're getting. And we, you know, our movement is, you know, based on supporting, you know, other organizations, you know, if they want the support, you know, that we give, you know, through the indigenous culture and the indigenous ways. Mm, okay, yeah. Well, when I say community organizations, I guess I should have been more clear. Uh, I'm talking about uh, revolutionary organizations. Because uh, when I talk about the community, you know, I'm talking about the Chicano community, Chicano-Mexicano community. So not so much as nonprofits or, uh, you know, uh, state um, organizations. I'm more talking about uh, revolutionary organizations, uh, organizations that are um, coming together in the interest of the gente and uh, the oppressed gente. But, um, yeah, so... Um, well, thank you for clearing that up about uh, the Black Berets. And so the movement, it's a movement. And, um, Joey, can I add a little uh, bit to that? Absolutely. So our organization, as you want to call us, is important to the gente because we teach them how to use their voice. We're not teaching them to go out and be revolutionists to take over the world. We're teaching them to use their voice to make a statement because they're the ones who are going to be running this country once these ones are gone. So if we're teaching our gente how to use their voice and empower them that way, they're going to make the changes to where we're not going to have to arm up and we're not going to have to be protecting our communities from outsiders. We are going to be the people again. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's beautiful. And, you know, um, one of the... I think the only way that we can do that is if there are no more oppressors. So that's the first step. But um, let me get to the next question. Um, you know, um, so how does the Black Berets work to decolonize the gente? Or do they work uh, specifically to decolonize the gente? So uh, that word decolonize is a wide range. No matter what, social norm is going to expect us to do what they want to do. But with us teaching our youth, our culture, and other ways to walk into society is the best way to teach them that not all social norms in decolonization is the right way to go. If they're able to take their spirituality and their culture and change the norm, that's the first thing that we're going to do in this decolonization. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. That That's, um, you know, as long as it decolonizes, however it does hit, it's a good thing because we need decolonization because, uh, you know, our people have suffered from colonization and continue to suffer from the effects of this colonization. So however that can work, um, I think it's a beautiful thing and um you know that's what we need that's what the people need and um and so i'm glad that you guys are focusing on on ways to combat that it's 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 you know very much needed but um and so i wanted to ask as well you know the black berets have been around for um you know some years and um you know and so from the beginning um you know i know some of you have some history uh, in the movement, and you know, um, so I wanted to ask, you know, when you, uh, some of you, um, barely got involved in, in the movement, and um, how has things changed, or have they changed uh, today versus when the Black Berets 
uh, first came out? Um, thing, back in the, the in the sixties and the late fifties when it first all started, you know, social justice and everything. You know, I was born in '78. You know, um, and I and I grew up seeing my dad and my uncles. You know, fighting sounds APD as well as taking over city council meetings, everything like that. You know, so I seen a lot of stuff, you know, and as well as taking over Rasa Park. You know. And that, and the first Chicano uh, spiritual conference here in 1979 at Lincoln High School, and well, that changed, you know. And today, you know, when is that? Blah, 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 the change, but <laughs> excuse me. That's no, all good. You know, um. So basically, back in that day, just it was all militant. You know, but today we're family oriented. We're all about our our family. Today, we're teaching we're teaching our children to be leaders. We're teaching our children to raise their voices today. You know, today we go out there and, and secure the people as well in ceremony. We go and, and whatever wherever the people ask us to go, we'll go and secure as long as it's a, a non drug event. No, no drugs or alcohol allowed events because we're teaching our children to not to go that way. Mm. To, you know, um, so today we, we're more in our spirituality. We do ceremonies, we do sun dance, we do um, danza. You know, so there's 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 a lot of different. The only difference is that we're not armed up with guns. You know, we're armed up with, you know, with the chinupas. We're armed up with our prayers. You know, and that right there, and armed up, with, you know, as a family, as a, a as a line. You know, so that's that's the change that we have done today. Well, yeah, and that's uh, I, would, you know, would just say that uh, family. It's hard to come between family. So, uh, familia is um, very important, and. Um, you know, it's very rare that, um, you know, uh, somebody outside can come between the familia. So I, um, you know, applaud you all for uh, being a family oriented. And that's a beautiful thing as well. And um, and culture is very powerful. Culture is, you know, it's 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 a tool and it can hurt people or it can help them. Uh, depending on somebody uses it or what kind of culture they use. So, um, you know, I love our cultura and it's very powerful. It keeps us centered and anchored in who we are as uh, indigenous people and as Chicano people. So I love it. And um, so let me just say, uh, let me ask you as well, um, there's a, a recent march uh, you guys are going to be participating in, uh, in in Richmond. Can you talk to us about that, that march, what it's about, and why you guys are uh, partaking? Well, it's, it's not a march. It's actually a community fun run and walk run. And uh, it's got 3K, uh, 5K, 10K. And um, we're... Uh, we're combining it with uh, Nunes Tattoos, um, which is a collaboration. So Nunes Tattoos wanted to uh, bring the uh, Bay Area closer together, you know, Richmond and San Jose and any other community in between there, you know, as far as the Gilroy stuff too, uh, to bring health and wellness, you know, also to let the community know that the indigenous people are still here and that we all can get along together, you know, with this spiritual run and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a, an event for all, you know, uh, indigenous people, Chicano people, African American people, you know, white people, any other people, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it's actually fundraising. We're trying to fundraise for uh, the youth warrior circle that's put on every year, and this youth warrior circle that's put on every year. Uh, what the funding is going to do is help bring the youth to this uh, all week event free of charge for the parents, 
um, the children have to just be potty trained, you know, and um, they are taught their, you know, their indigenous ways, the culture and stuff like that, the balance, you know, education, um, health and wellness, prevention and intervention uh, about gang, violence, drug, alcohol, and stuff like that. And 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 the warrior circle is a beautiful thing. I believe my son uh, signed up to go as well. I, I don't remember if it was this one or, or last year, but um, he did tell me that. And um, you know, it, it's a good thing. I, I think you, what you guys do is is a good thing. And uh, there's no other organizations uh, in Sanjo uh, that are. Um, you know, putting on events like that. So um, I, I do enjoy them, you know, and and, um, and it, I think it's a good thing you guys are doing. And the Warrior Circle, where exactly, um, can you tell the listeners where that takes place? Is it in Sanjo or another um, city? Well, the fun, run, the fun run is June 8th. The location is uh, Marina Bay Park in Richmond, California. And that's from 8 a.m. to... Uh, 2 p.m. You know, but the Warrior Circle is at a Royal Circle in Salinas. Oh, beautiful area. Yeah, it's nice. Okay, yeah, that's nice. So if anybody wants to uh, get involved and participate, um, we'll be uh, including your contact information in a minute. But, um, you know, um, and so that leads me to the last question. I wanted to um, ask, you know, if there's people that want to get involved or learn more about the Black Berets or they want to donate, um, they want to participate in the Warrior Circle. Um, do you have an email or any contact information where uh, people can um, get a hold of you? Wonderful. And they just punch in Black also Berets. One more. What was that? Also Instagram. Oh, on Instagram as well. Perfect. And so, um, well, I want to thank you all for um, coming on to Free Aslan. Um, you know, I, I love what you guys do. And you guys, uh, you know, um, contribute to the community in ways that um, a lot of other organizations or uh, movements don't uh, contribute. So, you know, um, you know, I thank you, and um, I know the people listening um, have learned something more about the Black Berets, and hopefully they get involved and uh, participate in, in what you guys are, are doing. And so I want to thank you all for coming on to Free Aslan and for your contributions to the community, to the movement, and to the Chicano Nation as well. Okay, 30, 30, Kurt Avenue. Just 30. Oh. 30, Kurt Avenue. 30, Kurt Avenue on the east side of Sanjo. Perfect. Yeah. Every Perfect. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday at five, between 5 and 8. Okay, every Tuesday between 5 and 8. So if anybody's interested, uh, attend the meetings. Uh, I've been to the meetings before, so uh, you guys will have a good experience. Um Okay, so well, thank you once more for um, participating and coming on to the show. And, um, you know, uh, Free Aslan sends his love to the Black Berets. Thank you. Okay, Free Aslan. Wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed, no more back 
changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say. They're the ones who's coming up and the world is in their hands. When you teach the children to jump the very best can. Just let it be. Na, 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 na. The world won't get no better. We gotta change it, girl. Just you and me. Wake up, all the doctors make the old people well. They're the ones who suffer and who catch all the hell. The world won't get no better If we just let it be The world won't get no better We gotta change it, just you and me This is KEXU 96.1 FM, listening to Free Aslan. I'm JV, the host, and um, and this is uh, KEXU 96.1 uh, Pol- People's Revolutionary Radio. And um, I just finished the interview, very, very nice interview with the uh, Sanho Black Berets. And, um, you know, their um, uh, movement, as they, um, as they describe, their movement in San Ho, who, you know, helps the community and uh, connects the community and um, promotes culture and spirituality. So it was a very good um, interview. Um, and so now I'm going to read some of the book, uh, Chicano Power and the Struggle for Aslan. And this is a very powerful book. Some of the listeners haven't uh, heard about it. Um, it was written by two prisoners, uh, Chicano prisoners, uh, one who was in solitary confinement in Pelican Bay Shoe. And it's a very, um, you know, it's a training manual, study guide, history book, all in one. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know, those who are attempting to um, develop their political theory, to learn their culture, to learn their history, uh, going back before the Spanish, uh, you know, colonization 
and the uh, American colonization as well. So it's very, um, very interesting. And it's not necessarily teaching people to, um, you know, it's, it's not going to teach you to, um, you know, uh, create an empire or, you know, uh, take on the world or nothing. But what it is going to do is teach you how to liberate your nation. And it's going to teach you how to liberate the Chicano nation, how to participate in the Chicano movement of today. You know, because, um, uh, you know, despite what some people think, there is a Chicano movement today. And, you know, the Chicano nation continues to organize and continues to struggle for national liberation. And that means total independence from the United Snakes. So it's very, very important to read different books and different theories uh, you know, that, uh, you know, that show the path to liberation. This is one of them. Very, very good book. But let me just read uh, the subsection. It's called Aslan is an Oppressed Internal Semi-Colony. And this is very important because some people are saying, what is a, a colony? What is a semi-colony? What is an internal? You know, within the U.S., uh, the U.S. is a country uh, America, you know, um, despite what people think, America is the white nation. And so um, there's no such thing as Chicano Americans or black Americans, as I said before. And so the thing is, the U.S., um, uh, you know, um, uh, the U.S. is a country. But within the country, you know, some have described it as a prison house of nations. And that's what it is because... Uh, you know, the Chicano Nation, the Black Nation, Poriqua, and the First Nations are all captive. They're all prisoners. They're not in control of their own economies. They're not in control of their own social, political, and cultural, um, you know, um, within their families or within this. But the state uh, controls the overall um, heartbeat of what um, is promoted in the um, you know, the, um, the press and the schools uh, and all of that. So, you know, you know, we could do things in our house. We could do things at a clubhouse or at a community center. But um, <laughs> when we send our kids to these brainwashed schools, they're going to learn um, things like George Washington was, you know, this and that. So, you know, they're controlling um, the ideology in this country. And although we can, um, you know, teach our children and we have to teach them, uh, you know, their real history and culture, uh, the state works very hard on brainwashing our youth. So it's very important that we counter this. So in this subsection, Aslan is an impressed internal semi-colony. It goes on to say, in imperialist countries, exploitation and other forms of oppression lead to mass resistance of the oppressed peoples who themselves are forged into nations. Through this process, the Chicano nation became a symbol of strength and resistance for the oppressed that the imperialists need to take down. And taking on the more numerous and often larger oppressed nations head-on was not a safe bet for the oppressors. As a result, they developed a new form of colonialism, neo-colonialism. And um, Kwame Nkrumah, in his analysis of neo-colonialism in Africa, defined it as the, quote, the essence of neo-colonialism is that the state which is subject to it is, in theory, independent and has all the outward trappings of international sovereignty. In reality, its economic system and thus its political policy is directed from outside, end quote. And Kruma stressed the importance of dividing the oppressed into smaller groups as part of this process of preventing effective resistance to imperialism, as had already occurred in China, Vietnam, Korea, Cuba, and elsewhere. And so um, Nkrumah, you know, he, he brought this concept of neocolonialism because, um, you know, people think of colonialism, but they don't um, 
understand that uh, neo-colonialism is just another, um, it's basically another trick that the imperialists devised uh, in order to, you know, um, they install these um, puppets, uh, you know, uh, you know, and here in the United Snakes that may, you know, we could see like uh, Obama, you know, and, um, you know, it, it's a way of, of installing um, uh, false leaders uh, for the oppressed uh, and these so-called leaders actually serve the imperialists. So, uh, neo-colonialism, um, you know, is is a very uh, dangerous weapon that is used on the oppressed nations around the world. But let me go on to this uh, in this um, in this reading. So it goes on to say, neo-colonialism was first used by the British on what is referred to as quote Latin America unquote in the early 1800s. America followed in employing this method throughout, quote, Latin America, unquote, and beyond soon after. Neocolonialism has a devastating effect on the domestic economy of a nation. But colonialism is not strictly an economic phenomenon. It is also an expression of the oppressor nation and a formal promotion of white supremacy and its ideology. Colonialism itself is divided along national lines with one nation dominating another. And so I just want to talk on what that relationship is when we talk about colonialism. Uh, when we're talking about colonialism, uh, where it has to be, um, you know, at least uh, two nations involved, the oppressed and the oppressor. And so these, um, this is a colonial relationship. There can't be an oppressed nation without an oppressor nation, you know. And, and, and here in the United Snakes, um, you know, we have the oppressed nations, the Chicano nation, the black nation, Poriqua, the first nations. These are oppressed nations. And then we have the oppressor nation. You know, and in the United Snakes, the oppressor nation is the white nation. And, you know, but, and that's not saying that, um, you know, um, every white person is, um, you know, because there's a lot of white people that, um, you know, they um, undermine the white nation and, and they may be white. They, you know, they side with the oppressed and, you know, they work with the oppressed, they organize with the oppressed and they undermine and work very hard on, um, you know, uprooting um, the oppressor nation. So, but that's the relationship of colonialism, an oppressed nation and an oppressor nation. So let me go on. And it says, traditionally, colonies were developed as a means of meeting the economic needs of ever-expanding capitalism in the conquering country by stealing resources and people exploiting labor and land and imposing their products and economic policies. The colonial power benefits greatly from the relationship. As Chicanos today enjoy the legal benefits of U.S. citizenship, they either earn exploiter wages of the imperialists or don't work and are not generally economically exploited. We use the term semi-colony to indicate this colonial relationship that lacks some of the characteristics of a traditional colony. Of course, the territory of Aslan provides much wealth to the American nation, and as such, there is a significant economic threat to Americans by Chicano nationalism. And when I talk about Chicano nationalism, you know, there's uh, cultural nationalism, uh, which is bourgeois nationalism, or as Huey Newton called it, pork chop nationalism. And, you know, that's basically um, people who are okay with capitalism uh, so long as it's their people um, who are the capitalists, and that's wrong, and that's poison to the people. And then there's revolutionary nationalism, and that's uh, nationalism that seeks to uproot capitalism, destroy it, and, you know, and, and, and create a society that serves the people you know, and, um, you know, and doesn't put profits before the people, and that's revolutionary nationalism. And, you know, revolutionary nationalism is socialist. 
and uh, the goal is socialism. So, and you know, um, but the cultural nationalists, you know, um, you know, when we talk about Chicano uh, cultural nationalists, um, they're okay with brown capitalism, you know, as long as it's uh, capitalism, um, you know, with brown people leading. And, and, you know, we're not for that. The Chicano nation is not for that. And, you know, we're anti-capitalist. And, you know, because capitalism is oppression and it's putting profits before the people. And we don't believe in that. And, and we believe that's poison to our nation. And, and, and it's not in our national interest. And so, um, you know, we fight hard against cult cultural nationalism. And so let me go on to say, um, here in the United States, we experience what is called internal colonialism. Internal colonialism was defined by Chicano teacher and author Mario Barrera as, quote, internal colonialism is a form of colonialism in which the dominant and subordinate populations are intermingled so that there is no geographically distinct metropolis separate from the colony. This is the condition of the United States today where there are no more areas with signs saying white only. In most cases, oppressed nations are allowed to live in multinational neighborhoods and shop in stores of the oppressor nation, but the white ruling class continues to be the white ruling class. Wall Street continues to control the political ideology of Americans today just as Britain did to the early colonists of yesterday. Chicanos continue to be ruled by the oppressor nation, even if we are, quote, intermingled, unquote. The colony is no longer surrounded by a fence. It is no longer marked by signs, but continues to be the dominant relationship in the United States. This is seen in the attacks on raza throughout the United States in the form of murder, etc., that go without justice and the terror instituted on hardworking migrants who are raided by ICE and other agencies. We see signs of the occupation in families who are ripped apart, babies taken right out of the arms of mothers and deported, never to be seen again. This leaves thousands of brown children in American foster care where they will be vulnerable to further brutality. Finally, the occupation is seen in the criminalization of our youth, turning Aslan into one big prison house. The recent banning of Chicano studies and books by Chicano authors also shows us we are still an internal colony. So don't be bamboozled just because some of us may be intermingled. What we have experienced since our land was stolen in 1848 by America has been structural discrimination expressed in the social, political, economic relations of Chicanos and other oppressed nations. This is used by imperialism today in the United States to maintain its stranglehold on the Chicano nation. Yet even progressive Euro-American people and white lumpen benefit from this internal colonialism through inherited white privilege. This is not saying they all think they deserve this benefit. Some may hate it. But it is the reality, nonetheless, of living in the United States. The Chicano nation, like other oppressed nations in the United States, continues to revolve around colonial divisions. Our job today is to educate our people to this complex layer of oppressive relations. Whether the lumpen can grasp this or not will determine our future and the future of class struggle in the United States. And so... You know, it's a, it's one of them things that isn't in your face. Uh, the internal colony, the concept of the internal semi-colony, because you know we don't see signs on the walls saying uh, whites only. We don't see um, you know we can move in, we can intermarry with someone else. I mean, we could go into restaurants with. So many people think that um, this colonial relationship doesn't exist. Um, but it certainly does. And you can look at the prisons and the death rows to see that it still exists. And, you know, every time you turn on the news and see another uh, person, uh, uh, brown or black person, being shot by police unarmed and killed and not even being arrested or not even, um, you know, that 
should be a reminder that we still have this colonial relationship. And, you know, the fact that there's uh, brown and black people in the military and the police force and some may be doing these killings um, doesn't mean that colonialism doesn't, doesn't exist. It, it just means that these are people who are attempting to assimilate into the oppressor nation. And, and, you know, and this is what people who are attempting to assimilate with the oppressor, this is what they do. They want to prove that um, their loyalty to the oppressor. They want to prove that they're on the side of the oppressor. And so they, um, you know, um, usually, um, you know, mistreat, abuse, and brutalize the oppressed much more in some cases than the actual oppressor nation because they're uh, attempting to prove their loyalty to the oppressor. So it, it's a very complex thing. And, you know, if you don't, um, you know, study it and, you know, analyze it and look for it and, you know, you're not going to see it. It's not, you know, for the naked eye. It's not, there's no signs. There's no nothing broadcasting. Um, and so you have to look at the uh, social, political, and economic uh, you know, reality of oppressed people here. Um, we have no control over our own economies. We have no control over our politics. Every time there's, uh, you know, a revolutionary organization attempts to organize above ground, it's destroyed. You know, um, Cointelpro destroyed a lot of our organizations. Um, you know, the state continues to uh, destroy a lot of our organization. So, you know, target them, imprison them, uh, you know, assassinate the leaders. I mean, and this continues to be a problem. So we, we, we don't have control of our political, um, you know, our politics. Well, we can't, you know, if we organize politics in our interests, we're going to get shut down, you know. And so, um, you know, real revolutionary organizations and groups are underground because um, the repression is just um, too much to be above ground organizing a political party that's um, seeking, um, you know, true justice for the oppressed nations. And, you know, economically, we don't have uh, control of our economy. You know, uh, we're standing on uh, Chicano land, the national territory of the Chicano nation, and, um, and, and, and none of our resources are under our control. You know, um, everything goes to the uh, U.S. government. And so, um, you know, um, we're not in control of, of none of it. You know, the schools... You know, we can't even learn our own history. Our children are sent to these brainwash camps, and, and they're learn, they learn that the oppressor is supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to believe that the oppressor is their hero and, and founding father. It's ridiculous. So, you know, we're not in control of nothing. Um, but um, as much as we're not in control of nothing, um, the state continues in the press and the media to say we're all one, we're all together, and it's all peace, love, and harmony. And so by saying that over and over and over, uh, this form of propaganda, um, people begin to believe it. And, and people do believe it, and they're raised to believe it. They're raised from the age of five, uh, you know, salute the flag in school. Um, so all of these things work to brainwash our people and all oppressed people uh, within these false U.S. borders, and it works to, um, you know, um, attempt to uh, strip us of our real history, our real culture, and our real resistance, because we have a long lineage of resistance. Uh, you know, we have so many freedom fighters that we never hear about in these brainwashed camps that they call schools. You know, Tiburcio Vasquez, um, you know, we have uh, Murieta, we have uh, uh, Basilio Ramos. I mean, we have so many people that have resisted uh, and, um, you know, um, and sought to liberate the occupied territories because that's what we stand on. We stand on occupied territories. This is our land, and, um, and, and we're not taught that. Our youth are not taught that in these brainwashed camps, and that's why it's important for parents to teach their children, um, you know, um, who they are and what they are, and, you know, um, and to continue that lineage of resistance and struggle, 
and, and that's very important. And, and you know, and so um, I just wanted to uh, read some of this book, and, um, and you know, um, it's a very, very interesting book, and I'm going to go through the table of contents real quick, just so um, if anybody's interested in it, um, you know, you can find it on online. You could Google it, uh, Chicana, Chicano Power, and the struggle for Aslan. And, you know, just to read some of the, um, you know, the table of contents, you know, you, you have uh, uh, section one is the history of Chicanos, which covers the birth of Mexico, colonization, development, and the U.S. war on Mexico, uh, revolution in Mexico, 1910. Uh, another section is from imperialist war to braceros. Another section, the Brown Liberation Movement. Uh, section two covers the historical basis of Aslan and the state of the nation today. Um, and it covers territory, language, economy, culture. Uh, it has an article called The Border, Past, Present, and Future. It has the section that I just read from called Aslan is an Oppressed Internal Semi-Colony. Um, section three is titled The Path Forward for Emancipation. And it says, uh, has an article on socialism and the Chicano nation. Has another section on incorrect lines toward Aslan. Another section on revolutionary nationalism. Another section on cell structure and barrio committees. And that's a very interesting uh, section, you know, cell structures. And um, it's forms of organizing. And, you know, in today's world, um, you know, to organize a group, a cadre organization, revolutionary group, or um, party, um, you know, um, it, it talks about different forms of organization. South structure is one of them. Um, to have an organization broken up into cells, and this prevents um, infiltration and repression from the state. Uh, you know, and you know, and it's a very I highly recommend that section. There's another section called um, um, Questions of Organizing, The First Nations and Aslan, Chicanas, Women Hold Up Half the Sky, uh, another article, The Role of Chicanismo, another article um, that I plan to read on Free Aslan is Pandillas, Our Red Guards. And that's a very interesting section as well because it talks about, um, you know, gang, what, the, what, what they call gangs. And, you know, some people, um, you know, speak very badly about um, these groups that they call gangs. And, you know, they're, they're organizing in ways that, that they know. Sometimes it's not the very best way. Sometimes they don't choose the very um, best things to do. But um, they're organizing in the best way they, they know under an oppressive uh, oppressor nation. And so um, anywhere around the world, you could go to other countries, uh, oppress youth, are going to organize in groups. They come together, uh, and that's what they do when they're, um, you know, in an oppressive uh, environment. And so, in this particular article, it talks about it. It, it um, relates pandillas to our red guards, and the red guards were the revolutionary youth in China under uh, Chairman Mao, and um, they many of them were what some consider gang members. You know, at pre-revolution. And once the revolution came, um, many of these youth, they became politicized. And they were some of Mao's strongest supporters, you know, and they called themselves the Red Guards. They were students and also uh, street youth, lumpen youth, uh, Chinese lumpen. They were, you know, what some consider gang members or whatever. And, you know, but they were some of Mao's strongest defenders. And many died in the streets defending uh, Chairman Mao. And, and, and that's the thing is um, the pandillas, um, just like the Young Lords Party, gave us an excellent example of what happens when, uh, you know, these uh, youth survival groups, uh, what the state calls gangs, quote unquote gangs, when they become politicized, the Young Lords Party uh, became politicized and they went from um, being described as a gang to being a political revolutionary party. And that's a beautiful thing. So um, we're coming up on uh, 9 p.m. And so I just want to uh, remind everybody 
um, you know, about the um, hunger strikes in Santa Cruz County, um, you know, in the county jail. And it's a, a you know, it, it's 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 a horrible thing that they're being oppressed. But it's also a beautiful thing to see prisoners in struggle because that is a class struggle and um, it's prisoners as a class and they're acting as a class. They're conscious of it. And, um, you know, they are um, rising up as a class. And that's a beautiful thing. And so um, there um, there's the week long protest uh, at Santa Cruz County. It's a week long. Um, and so people are going to be going tomorrow, Wednesday at 10 a.m. in front of the jail in Santa Cruz. It's the address is 259 Water Street uh, in Santa Cruz, California. So, you know, go out there if you're in the areas and support uh, the prisoners and, and the families and the supporters and, um, you know, and get involved, you know, because, uh, you know, um, mass imprisonment is actually national oppression. And, 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 and that's what it is. And so let me, um, I'm going to have to be signing off now. And I just want to say uh, thank you all for listening. You're listening to KEXU 96.1 FM, Pole People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. Come on.